When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Waiting on the beat to drop. It's about to. It's about I know, to it's taking too long. People yeah. will be like, what's going on? So I have to wait on it. You're going to listen to the beat. I know. It was going to drop. I probably could have waited on it, but I'm impatient. Uh, it is a new theme Thursday. We're hanging out here at Terry Black Barbecue, having a great time. The new theme for today is H-Town. And yes, my man Patrick had to put some some Screwston in there. Uh, a little yeah. DJ screw for you. For those who don't know what screw music is, I, obviously you haven't lived in Texas very long. Uh, <laughs> but DJ Screw, before he passed away, the late great DJ Screw, would just slow down music, do what he called chopping it up, all right, which was uh, mixing it, um, and uh, became famous for it. Honestly, yeah, it started a whole new, whole new uh, genre of music, if you will, uh, with screw music. So. Paying homage to H-Town, trying to give the Astros, Ghost Trolls, some good mojo. Uh, but they had plenty of I, mojo. We're, we're trying to give the Texans good mojo. Look, this is hey, this, right. That's right. This is as much anti-Philly as it is pro-Houston, too. I mean, really. <laughs> right. Good point. That's true. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. He ain't right. playing Meek Mill. <laughs> or, or, or Will Smith. That, oh, you know you're what right. That? The Fresh Prince. Yeah. No, yeah. no boys to men on no today. No boys to men. Oh, no man. That Cooley High Harmony. Yeah, and there it is. That going on. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's get into uh, the Astros and the Phillies a little bit. Let's talk about the game last night because uh, a lot of Astros fans like myself, uh, Patrick, were more than pleased with uh, the outcome, and I think it all starts with Christian Javier, who uh, six innings pitched, zero hits. No mm-hmm. said. <laughs> uh, that's of goo- all you need to know. A lot of goose eggs right there on that stat sheet for him, and that's a good thing. Zero hits, zero earned runs. Did have nine strikeouts, only walked two, uh, Harge. And, I mean, to be in a World Series, by the way, second team in World Series history, uh, to have a World Series no-hitter. Uh, so you're talking about the, in a must-win situation. It wasn't win or go home, but it was a must win. I think everybody believed agreed, that. Agreed, agreed. Uh, especially coming off of a game where you, uh, a lot, they hit, the other team hit five home runs against you uh, and pretty much uh, blanked you and, blow, and put, a, put an Old Testament style butt whipping on you. Christian Javier comes out there, weight of the world on his shoulders, and was unflappable. Yeah. Unfazed. Yep. I mean, his arguably his best outing of the season. Could be, but you look, go back and you look at what he did against the Yankees when he was also part Very of true. that combined no-hitter. Very true. The best thing about it is the, the best pitch is the fastball. And if you can spot your fastball, we talked about tipping pitches the other day, and then we said Randy Johnson can tip his pitches, you're still not hitting it. Rob Clemens can tip his pitches, you still aren't hitting it. Christian Javier was locating and spotting his fastball from the inside corner, outside corner, top of the strike zone, bottom of the strike zone. He was around the plate, elevating the ball where the the Phillies couldn't catch up to it. And that's a big thing, too. You know as well as I do. You see, you've seen it time and time again. 
teams will go out there in a series, and this some, most of the time is during the normal series of yeah. the year. Mm-hmm. They'll go out there and they'll score a bunch of runs, and what do the announcers always say? You better save some of those runs for tomorrow because you're having so many when a team <laughs> gets blown out. Well, you got to see it. They were hitting those home runs, but they were solo home runs, two-run home runs. That's all it was. Then they come out the next day, and Christian Javier, who's had – consistent starts all year long was letting that thing ride. He was part of the group that I was talking about before when you started breaking down all the Houston Astros pitchers and how well they got to, double-digit wins, all these things that were happening. He was a major part of that. And for him to take the mound and deliver what he did yesterday, and and not only that, think about the bullpen. Abreu coming out of the pen, striking out the side. Then you had Montero. The infielders were getting some ground balls every once in a while. And that play by Bregman to end the thing, that is a big league play by a big league third baseman who was ready. When most of the time you're not getting all that action, sometimes the ball shocks you. And you're not ready yeah, for it. Yeah. He was ready for it, and that's that's standing there at third base saying, I want the ball hit to me. I want the ball hit to me. Like you playing defensive back, yep. throw this way. Throw I, it got it. It. Yep. I got I it. I got it. I want this third down. I want this throw third down. Me. Throw it at me. Yeah. I'm going to break it up, and everybody's going to be happy. Yeah. That's Score what one. that's what our man Bregman was doing. He was ready, came through it, made a seed throw across the infield, and they got a complete game, not complete game, but a no-hitter by four pitchers. Yeah, uh, Philly only put 13 balls in play. Mm-hmm. They had more strikeouts than they had balls in play. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. That's, <laughs> a, that's a testament, man. And if you want to look at this Astros organization and just, like, how they're in the position they're in, and it's Ozzo Campo was the general manager who went and found Christian Javier, Fambra Valdez, and Luis Garcia. Wow. And so he, he got a promotion. Yeah, yeah. same but when you say that and you go, they're able to go out and get a Jordan Alvarez in a trade with the Dodgers. Not they gave up, I think, a reserve pitcher yeah, for him yeah, was, at a time when they were like, "Oh no, we think we see some in this kid." The scouting they did, where they were able to look at guys, and, and what's crazy is like you, normally if you're a past a certain age, they don't really look at you much anymore. Yeah. And the Astros were like, "I don't know, some of these guys are just late bloomers. Let's go find the best talent from around the world that is that is a little bit older, and let's look at 18, 19 year old guys." That are normally they're like oh, we don't see you at sixteen like right. you're not even a prospect yeah, you come, yeah, you're not a prodigy you, if you're not a prodigy when you Christian Javier changed to pitching the... at sixteen yeah so when they're like oh are you good he, he was an outfielder That's and he crazy. changed to pitching because he was like oh, I got a good arm yeah. and then his fastball got faster and faster and we've seen him with the Astros that last year you're like okay he's, he's okay out of the bullpen yeah and now he's getting a no hitter through six innings in the World Series. That progress to be able to you're make right. is way, when you look at this team and how it's put together, how you're able to do that where you're like, yeah, they spend a lot of money, and some of it is on guys like Verlander. But a lot of what they did was just in-house, and the money is because they're trying to keep these guys. Right Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and they got, and they're going to pay Javier. You got to pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. like when you look he's at that, he's in the starting <laughs> rotation next year. Now, yeah, he exactly. wasn't in the starting rotation. for. Mo- he didn't get in the starting rotation until, until Odorizzi yeah, I blew that. it. I remember that. Yeah. And we all were joking around Odorizzi. Yeah. And we're like, maybe Christian Javier can cut it. Yeah. That was what our reaction was in the yeah. middle of the season. No, right. right about that. And right. to have him go this far to come through and – just know it's like, man, I got nothing to lose. What are they yep. going to do? Right. Send me the minors again? What are they going to do? Put me in the bullpen again? That's a good point. Fine. I'm going to go out there and play ball. And, I mean, we saw that with uh, Suarez the night before for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. And so you want to see tonight with Verlander. You want to see, hey, man, 
you you do you I get you gotta have you have the philosophy in your head or in your head is I do have a lot to lose because this is my World Series reputation. I can save all of it by having a dominating performance tonight. Everybody go, oh, but did you see him in twenty twenty two? You got to come out and go, man. It don't matter. They already no. think I suck. Right. <laughs> they yeah. go prove them wrong. Well, man. the other part of it is too. Let's not forget he was pitching a great game. He was in game one. He was dealing in game one. He, he, he got just, through the lineup once, and the second time through the lineup, it started to he get He tried to get fancy. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, you saw the success that someone had throwing elevated fastballs where those guys could not catch up to yeah. it. That's Great. the beautiful part about it. Now, can you implement that same game plan for yourself tonight, and let's see what happens. Yes, you are 100% right. People are going to be looking at um, – his starts throughout the, the playoffs in the World Series, and you're going to be like, oh, man, this dude, he, his career is going to be marred by this. Oh, yeah. I think that he understands that. I think the people in that dugout understand that, and they're going to do everything they can to come out and be prepared to play to try to right his ship, so to speak. Yeah. But the other part of it is got to look at what Syndergaard's going to do. They're going to have to use their bullpen and use their bullpen a lot probably unless Syndergaard comes out and can be a dominant-type pitcher. We haven't seen that in a while from him. I think he's – to me, he was one of the best pitchers in the game. I told you all when I got a chance to watch him, and he faced the, the um, Astros when I was at that spring training game when I got a chance to watch him play because he, he was just so massive, looking like Thor on that mound. And the ball was just jumping out of his hand. But let's not forget, he went through two Tommy John surgeries. Yeah. So there's a lot that he's going to have to go through to get on that bump tonight, and that means that the bullpen has to be ready for them. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I, I think he, he said, I think, 35 max pitches mm-hmm. in the postseason. Either they just really haven't needed him right. because, you know, they've had – Obviously, uh, blowouts are big leads. Uh, so you're right. This will be the game that and hopefully they can tap into that bullpen really early. And maybe we just don't know what we, we, we're going to get from Noah Syndergaard. We just don't know at this point. Yeah. The assumption is that the Astros believe that they could uh, get to the bullpen pretty early with him. But it all depends on what happens with Justin Verlander as well in that matchup. Uh, did either of you guys get to see Dusty Baker in the post game yep. when uh, they asked him about uh, Christian Harvey? They're like, well, we pulled him at 97 pitches. Is part of that because, you know, you're thinking if he can come back in and were you thinking about how many pitches he may have left in him in this series? Mm. And Dusty goes, well, we're not thinking about I can't lie to you. I thought about it. <laughs> he, hey, he's like, of course I thought about it. should be, exactly. But, you know, no. in his head he's trying to give the right answer, which is we're not going to go to seven games and need him. But, no. but he's just like, yeah, of course I thought about it. That's your job. Your <laughs> no. job is to, to contemplate that very scenario exactly. and figure out your but, but his answer was he could probably give us three, three and a half innings if we needed him down the stretch in a, in a later game. Yeah. So it's good to see. And I think that's a big thing with last night of with Christian Javier. You know, you when you did pull him at 97 pitches, he basically was two times through the lineup. And when you have a guy with a sneaky fastball that's hard to time, Dang. you probably don't want to give them another shot to time it out if you're going to use them later in the series. Yeah. So I think there was something to be said for hey, if we do save him, let's get him and try and put him through the lineup one more time, but not, not let him see that pitch and start to put better wood on it start to get their bat a little bit more square to it. Even if he gets through it, no hit, yeah. you're letting the core of their lineup get through, gets to see that speed of that fastball one more time. And the more secret you can keep that, the better weapon it is if you need it in a game seven. Yeah, he definitely had them out of sorts, though. I mean, they just could not really – they couldn't successfully get in a rhythm all night. Um, and it's mostly because Christian Javier, that, uh, that high fastball, that slider, yeah. uh, that was deadly. And I wonder – 
you know, in this game, the Astros have had a five-run lead in three of the four games in the World Series. Hard to th- believe that. And, yeah, it's tied up 2-2. And I think they're kind of fortunate, actually, for it to be 2-2 considering. But um, let, yeah. me, let me ask you, Harge, about Jordan because you've been pointing out his swing and his bat. We saw last night he started to go the other way a little bit more. Is that more of him just still being behind and so it's going the other way, or is he starting to try and figure out by aiming a different part of the I think he's still No, I think he's still behind. Okay. I think he's still guessing at the play because you saw him swing at balls in the dirt. Yeah. That's not, that's not who he is. He needs to elevate the pitches, and that, what I mean by elevate the pitches, he needs to let the ball be up in his strike zone as opposed to chasing the ball that's been down. For him to have success, I'm still telling you, I need him to cheat one time and make sure that his foot is down and react to the ball. What did uh, the big double that happened last night by Bregman, which way did he hit that ball? Opposite field. Yeah, opposite he field. stayed back and he, yeah. he lined it down the right field corner. Those are some of the things that I need. Altuve, he needs to start doing that because yeah. what did he do last night? What I tell y'all before, get, before we even left yesterday, I said he needs to take pitches. What did he do to start the game? Swung at the first pitch again. I know. Every time he has a good outing and you're like, all right, he's starting to watch the pitch and he's starting to get there. The next time he comes back out, he's like, well, I did it once. Exactly. I'm about to go out here and swing as <laughs> hard on, as I man. can on the first pitch. No, just chill out. Let it happen and let the ball travel to you and use his hands to make put the ball in play. There's so much that, that hit it. we as hitters, and I told you this a long time ago, Rod, I said as hitters, we try to make the game so complicated because we're up there thinking about everything, trying to look at the situation. Oh, I'm looking for a pitcher. Oh, he didn't throw it there, but he gave me a good fastball. I didn't do it. That's the same thing as we try. We need to simplify the game and quit overthinking it, yeah. period, yeah. especially as a hitter. Yeah. See ball, hit ball. You asked Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr., you hit that ball out of the park. What did you see? I saw the ball and I hit it. That's exactly what he used to always tell you. He wasn't never talking about I was looking for a certain Not launch angle. No, and all this none of, of that. Yeah. It's like throw the ball over here, and if I like it, I'm hitting it. Yeah. No, I, I do encourage people to go check out um, B&E this morning with Coach Ty Harrington on there, though. He did a great breakdown about why the, uh, the high fastball for Christian Javier is so effective these days because how everybody is so emphasized. They're, they're so launch obsessed angle. with so, launch it's, angle it's and getting underneath the ball and trying to get that elevation. Uh, and because of that, everybody goes underneath that fastball. And it's conveniently right over. Because chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. So everybody keeps thinking it. Like I said, every coach I've ever had and every ownership that I've ever played for, hard. You learn how to hit the ball to the right field yet? You stand back. You get on top of the ball. Not one of them said, man, I need you to go out there and hit home runs because, you know, <laughs> that put more people in the seats. Huh. No, that put me unemployment line. <laughs> That's where that put me. So, yeah. No, yeah. I was right about that. And I heard tiebreaking. That was really interesting. But you think that more pitches, more pitches would go to that high fastball. Right. Uh, that's why the that's why the Astros have broke the code. That's why. Thank you so much. Thank you, Terry. Yeah. You're the man. That's why the, the the Astros have broken the code. That's why you heard uh, Garrett Cole when he left. He was talking about elevating the fastball. Mm. They were taught that for such a long time because they're going against those analytics yeah. that everybody keeps talking so about. They're like, oh, okay, they, they're going to be here. We're going to go here because it's hard to catch up there if your eyes are down here. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, you guys make it sound really simple, but I love the breakdown. Uh, kind of the chess match. It's chess match. It is. It's like a chess match to the game is. going on yeah. in football. And, and you want Don't to miss it. your spot. Well, and that's what you want to see, especially because you're like the bottom of the order for the Astros has been able to do that. Yeah, the bottom of the order is going. Hey, we're not we're not the home run hitters, so we are playing that way. Exactly. And you go the rest of you can. Yep. So just 
watch what, watch what Yuli's doing. Yeah. Going and going, oh, he's just playing smart baseball because he has to because you guys are not getting on base. Exactly. Yeah. He's trying to get on base to set the table for everybody. All right, gentlemen. Uh, how do y'all think this game's going to go tonight between the Astros and the Phillies? We're thinking because we've had, like I said, we've had strange blowouts, obviously, in this matchup. Just witnessed two blowouts on either side. You've had the comeback win by the Phillies. Uh, do we think this is the matchup where we go down to the wire where everybody's on the edge of their seats for nine innings here, where it's actually a really competitive matchup. I think it's going. I, I think. I think for seven to eight innings, yes, that'd be great. I think was. it's going to be one of those games where, obviously, every pitch and every play matters throughout this game, and I think it's going to be one of those situations where situational baseball comes into play. Say it again. We talked about it before. Situational baseball comes into play. Yeah. You saw last night, Pena couldn't bunt. Pena couldn't bunt. But you know why? Because you never ask him to bunt during the season. Yeah. Those are the things. That's why I always talk about why are we not looking at hit and runs anymore? Why are they not putting people in action? You know why? Because everybody's playing for the two-run home run or the three-run home run yep. instead of putting the guys in play. In play. By, and what do you do when you put it in play? You get down and through the baseball because you don't want to pop it up. So you get a good bat playing through the ball, and Bregman's the perfect guy. I would hit and run with Bregman at least two times a game. I would hit because he's got great back control. Yeah. So does Yuli. Yeah, Yuli and, and has Bregman great also. Bregman knows how to foul off balls. That exactly. He's really good at getting those foul tips where it's like, hey man, this is, I'm not gonna be able to do anything with this, but let me just at least put it out of play so I'm not sending a runner right. and, and, and leaving him lost. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that this is gonna be. It was crazy. Yeah, there was no home runs. We saw yeah. all the home runs in game two That's or nice. game three. In game four, <laughs> we saw none. Uh, it was a big inning, and it was again just small ball and getting getting guys over. I think there is going to be a few more home runs tonight because we're going to see some bullpen and guys. I don't know if you're going to get two-run, three-run home runs, but you'll see some home runs tonight. Yeah. And I think it's going to be just a high-scoring game. That I, I agree with Arch. I think it could, in the seventh, eighth inning, get to where we kind of know who's going to win. But because of, how I think, how the bats are going to be tonight, you, you never know. You yeah. never know. It'll, it'll, be ba- it'll be playoff baseball. And I think it'll be playoff baseball tonight. And if I'm – if I am the Astros and if I'm the Phillies, I'm making both of these pitchers throw a lot of pitches. Yeah. I think Dusty Baker needs to tell Altuve, you need to take the first two pitches. Yeah. I think he needs to sit him down, whoever our hitting coach is, tell him, yo, dog, I need you to fake bunt. I need you to get down there where you can see the ball yeah. because you are creating short innings for us right now. If, yeah. if he pitches single digits in that first inning, you yes. messed up. You messed up. You, the whole top of the order yes. messed up if you pitch a single digits in that first inning. Yeah, I agree with I that. Agree. Yeah, that's a good point there. Uh, all right, uh, there's a couple of stories uh, that we haven't gotten a chance to dig deep into. I went to a couple of NFL uh, news notes and nuggets. Bradley Chubb signed a huge contract oh, yeah. uh, for the Miami Dolphins. We'll get into that a little bit. You got Thursday night football game tonight between the Texans and the Eagles. Once again, that Philly H-Town uh, matchup coming into uh, play. So we'll get into that a little bit as well. And uh, Gonzaga talking to the Big 12, or the Big 12, uh, and, and talking to Gonzaga about possibly joining the Big 12 
in the hopefully near future. We'll get into that and all of that and more right here uh, live from Terry Black's Barbecue. You can hear folks having a good time. Uh, they're getting done with supper and dinner's getting ready to start out here <laughs> in Lockhart. We want to thank uh, Terry Black for all of the hospitality. Great location. It's brand spanking new. Just been out here a month, uh, but the food, you always know, uh, Terry Black's Barbecue, it's always damn good and uh, it feels like it tastes even better out here at the brand spanking new Terry Black's Barbecue in Lockhart. So come on out here if you're in the neighborhood. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll come back and get into some uh, news notes and nuggets from the NFL. Also talk about Gonzaga possibly joining the Big 12 uh, and the Big 12. Got a new TV deal. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We're looking live from Terry Black's Barbecue in Lockhart. If you're in the neighborhood, come on out here and join us. See? Folks represent. There you go. See? Them folks are excited about dinner. They just got done with supper. So they're really excited about dinner time out here at Terry Black's. We appreciate the love, man. Great uh, folks out here and great food, of course, at Terry Black's Barbecue at Lockhart. Brand new location. Uh, it is fantastic. And remember, they're having the World's Fair of Barbecue out here in Lockhart this weekend. On Saturday, they're going to transform the whole downtown into a barbecue extravaganza. Uh, and then on I'll be Sunday, they're going to move the uh, World's Fair of Barbecue, if you will, their festival to the park. So uh, if you want to uh, have some, uh, some plans this weekend, you want somewhere good uh, to hang out, more some good food tea as well. How about Lockhart, their World's Fair barbecue? All right. Got a lot of things happening tonight, of course. We just talked about the World Series Game 5. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Thursday night football game tonight, gentlemen, between between H-Town and between Philadelphia. Seems to be the theme going right now in sports. Uh, Texans versus the Eagles. Eagles, the last undefeated team left in the NFL. Uh, there was a very bleak preview that we gave earlier about the Texans and their chances. We're not the only ones who are not uh, excited and optimistic about the Texans' chances. Right now, the Eagles are close to, if not more than a 14-point favorite, uh, which is really rare in the NFL to have a team be a two-touchdown favorite. But I totally understand why. I think the biggest reason is Philadelphia, top-five rushing team in the NFL. Uh, You have the Texans. One of the worst, if not the worst, rushing defense in the league. They allowed 314 rushing yards to the Titans last week. They just emasculated that Texas defense. Mm -hmm. It was bad. And Davis Mills not playing really well. And on top of him not playing well, no Brandon Cooks because he's upset about uh, his status with the team. Lack of being traded. uh, And no Nico Collins because they're dealing with an injury of some sort from Nico. So the, one of the worst offenses in the NFL, I'll give you this stat. This is a mind-blowing stat. Texans last week, 64 total yards through three quarters. Total Say yards. Say that again. 64 Let the people know. 
total yards, 64 total yards through three quarters last week versus Tennessee. My goodness. Yeah, that's how bad that offense was. If they start off that bad again versus Philadelphia, and we know how Philadelphia blows teams out uh, in the second quarter, they've scored, they've outscored their opponents by 96 points in the second quarter. That is the most points that any team has outscored uh, any other team in terms of team differential. Uh, in any quarter in the history of the NFL. So no team has been more successful in any quarter than the, t- than the Eagles have been in the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing that kind of you sit back and you're, like, trying to find the different areas of success and who does what. And when you looked at that number and the first time that you told me that, I was astonished by it. Oh, man, it's crazy. I could not believe it. It was like, wait, what did you say? And then you went back and you said it again. So I started paying a little bit more attention to that number. And as a, as a f- football fan, those are the types of things when you're starting to look at what makes a team's season, what makes a team's success, what was the turning point. Yeah. That second quarter seems to be a big turning point for the success that they have throughout the season. That's why they're undefeated. It is. You it's know? crazy. Because they take they, But second half, yeah, you don't know what team's going to show up. Because most of the time it's the second quarter that puts the separator out yeah. there. They're really not a great second half team. Right. Or not a great fourth quarter team. And they're not a great first quarter team. They I just I wait not. to the second. They, they just, and, it's, and it's very strange. Um, Patrick had a, a really cool theory about it, and I think he might have been on the money. But it's so strange. Usually teams make great adjustments at halftime, and you see a great third quarter because that's the adjustment quarter. Or they have a really great game plan in right. preparation. So they have a really – like Sark, right? Great first quarter because the script was really good. Yep. This doesn't really add up in any of that. <laughs> They're not a great first quarter team, so their script and game plan aren't great. They're not a great third quarter team, so the halftime adjustments aren't great. The – Best quarter Who are second you? quarter. Yeah. Yeah, and what was your theory, Patrick, about The theory it? was that they're basically really good after the script runs out, but before adjustments Before are made. the other team makes their yeah, adjustments. Yeah, so when the other teams make their adjustments, then they're not as good anymore. But yeah. that when the script runs out and they're just calling plays like, yeah. before adjustments, they're really good. The improv period. Yes. It's like we're basically, I like I gotta, that. I like I, the improv you gotta, period. You got to freestyle until you get to halftime and you, you can kind yeah. of regroup. But, yeah. They're really good. You're, I think, I think, Patrick. Honestly, your theory, I think, sticks. I haven't found a better theory yet about why they're so good, and not just good. Guys, the Texans have scored 116 points total. The Eagles have scored more than that in the second quarter alone. The Eagles have scored more in the second quarter than the Texans have scored the entire season. That's a doggone shame. Dude, I'm t- that second quarter is a month. So, by the way, people, watch the second quarter. It's basically what we're saying right now. Yeah, because you're going to be watching the baseball game first. Yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah. So, when you want to see what's going on, flip to the second that quarter. That second quarter is all you there need you to see. from the- If the Texans <laughs> are still in it after the second quarter, Uh-oh. oh, whoa, exactly. Uh-oh. Whoa, 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 we got to have a game. Something has gone drastically <laughs> wrong <laughs> right? in H-Town. It really has. Well, at least for Philly. Well, you showed me a picture for uh, – a picture of Jalen Hurts, yes. who is the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Most people know this. Some people don't. He's from H-Town. Channel I'm View. Channel View. Yep. Dad was a coach Dad there. Dad is the coach. Uh, Dad still is the coach yep, there. Yep, yep. And he uh, actually, his uh, one of his, his godfather, godparents, I believe, his godfather, was a director of player personnel for the Texans while he was growing up. So he actually used to work out at the Texans facility a lot. That's why he's so strong, got that power lifting, got all Dude. that 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 mindset he's and his work ethic. You know, that's why he's become the player that he is. So today, November 3rd, declared Jalen Hurts Day oh. in H-Town. Oh, so that, that just really rubs it's you the wrong right way, there. right? Yeah. So they just made that Jalen Hurts Day. 
in H-Town. Okay. Yeah. That's disrespectful. But Very much it. so. Yeah. But yeah. I got a feeling him being back at home, too. Ooh, he finna show yeah. out. Show me some extra motivation there, I believe. We need, we need Kyle Allen to step up. So back of <laughs> quarterback for the Texans. <laughs> right. Because they haven't prepared for him. Went to Houston. They haven't prepared for him. He wants to make it Kyle Allen Day. Man. I think the odds of this happening are pretty (laughs) slim. (laughs) I got to tell you, if that's our hope, then, man, talk about a hope and a prayer. They ain't keeping hope alive on that one. They ain't keeping hope (laughs) alive on that one. Well, we need Damian Pierce to have an insane game. (laughs) Pretty much. Oh, if you're a Damian Pierce, I guess, fantasy owner, this is a good game for you because I don't see any other offensive weapon for them. Or it could be a bad one. Up. It could be a bad one because he's going to go have like 10 yards rushing on 25 I, carries. That's true. He got shut down last week. <laughs> right. But usually he had been doing really yeah, well. Yeah, he, he would, he would um, have his moments. He's got some of that dog in him. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a really good bounce back game versus uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. But obviously Texans and the Eagles tonight, uh, hopefully the Texans can at least make it interesting. Can they keep it within two touchdowns? I actually don't think so. Oh. Enough. <laughs> I should be more confident in the Texans uh, right now. I'm not. Let's talk I, about, your but, best confidence is that it is Thursday night football. Right. That's and, true. And by scoring, there may not be two touchdowns in the whole game. So that's going to be my other point is, (laughs) you know, what what if this game kind of goes the other way and you look at Jalen Hurts and their entire team and they just kind of have a letdown because we are all talking about how they're about to curb stomp. Jalen Hurts is coming home and he's too amped up. And he plays yep. a little bit too fast for the game and gets out of and gets out of character for who he is. Now we all know that's very rare, but on Jalen Hurts Day, we got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk about yeah on Jalen opportune time, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Uh, you can, but listen, a letdown's coming. They're um, not. Yeah. It's just the way it is. They're going to have a letdown performance at one point. We just don't know when it's happening for them. The rest of their their schedule, though, guys, is pretty cake. Mm-hmm. They got those two games in the NFC East with the Giants and another one with the Cowboys. Yes. Other than that. They really don't have any true test for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's a little bit different. And, and yeah, they're going to roll through the rest of the season. You would hope. But as you said, they, there's definitely going to be a letdown they got, somewhere. They, they got the Texans, then they got the Commanders, yep. then the Colts. Then the Commanders Packers. got Taylor Heineke, bro. He's going to make it compete. He'll make it compete. McLaurin out um, there. They Boom. Got, they got the Packers. <laughs> the Packers are terrible this year. Awful. The Titans will be a good test. Then at the yep. Giants. Yep. The, at the Bears, maybe a test. At the Cowboys, Saints, then the Giants. So they got the Giants twice. Then they got to play the Cowboys. Uh, and they got to, so they got four games left, basically. Yeah. Go Strokes. There you go. They got the Titans, Cowboys, and then the Giants twice. That's it. Yeah. They said they lose those four games. They're going to beat They're gonna beat the Texans. They're going to beat the Commanders. Probably the Colts. And right down the Packers, too. Come on, man. You they know. may slip up with one. Basically, you got five losses in there max. Max, yeah. this is a twelve-win team. No matter which way you look at it, right yeah, now, yeah, I agree with that. Right, they were coming into the season. I think they were listed to be a ten-win team. Yeah, they were going to be, they, but they were the ones who everybody looked at and said that they were going to win the conference. I did. Um, I mean, the division. So I'm sitting there looking at it too, and I'm like, okay, here we go. Cowboys are playing better. Obviously, none of us saw the the Giants being six and two at all. I wasn't no. expecting that to happen. Especially with a new coach, Danny Dimes still being there. Danny they, Dimes. they have they have some work to do, but Philadelphia seems to be a team 
whose leadership is in the right places, and they believe that's said, why they went and got that's why they went and got Robert Quinn because they believe this is our time. You just said Delton had leadership is underrated quality about them. You're talking about Jalen Hurst, whose dad is a coach. Yep. He's a natural leader. We all agree with David watching yep. him at Bama. Yep. And then Nick Sirianni, his dad was a coach. Yep. Her E. Hogan mentioned that on the B and E show, and he's right about that. So they both kind of understand the the natural progression, the natural order of a football organization. Yeah, yep. And they're really good at setting that culture. You're right. Okay, real quick, before we go to break here, uh, Bradley Chubb signed a huge deal. Five-year extension with the Dolphins worth $119 million, 63, over $63 million guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, and they needed him. I'll give you a great stat. How about this stat? When the Dolphins sent six-plus defenders, so they blitzed, basically the, a house blitz. They sent they send the damn house in everybody, right? Six-plus defenders are blitzing. They allowed a 158.3 passer rating. Yeah. Five touchdowns, zero interceptions. When they sent the house. So they, they can't apply pressure when they're sending the house or when they're trying to do it organically. They blitzed on like 28% of their snaps, and they rank 11th in the NFL uh, in uh, opposing pressure rate. Uh, so they, they just really can't apply pressure. That's why this Chubb signing is so incremental. And so. another reason why it is is because of all those numbers that you just gave. But their best pass rusher was Brandon Jones, and he got a torn ACL. So he's out for the year. He was the one that was applying all the pressure yeah. coming as the safety blitzing. So now they really had to go get a guy because they weren't getting home with Brandon they coming weren't. all the time. So now they have to make sure that they get that, that part of it covered up now. They had Jaden Phillips. He's a young pass rusher, yeah. four sacks, five quarterback hits, and 23 hurries. They just needed a bookend pass yep. rusher to exactly. compliment him. They thought it was going to be Melvin Ingram. They thought it would be Emmanuel Ogba. It's neither one of those guys. It's Bradley Chubb. Six sacks, five QB hits, and 15 hurries. He's the real deal, man. Watch out for Miami. Yeah. Miami knows they can make the playoffs. So they're gearing up for a team that may be able to scare teams. In well, the and they and they got to do. They're trying this year because they know next year two is going to start asking for that extension. That's right, and that is huge because he is on a rookie contract right now and playing well and playing really well. Playing really well, and they know that money is going to be huge if he gets that money coming up next year. So signing another guy to a big contract, you're you're going very all in on this year to Good try point. and keep him around. Yep. To your Tua point, this is this is what his agent's going to throw out there. When Come he wants on, to get bring paid. it out there because I was about to say. Tua on third down. 72% completion percentage this year. He's got seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 142.7 passer rating on third down. That's the third highest third down passer rating in NFL history since they started keeping track of it on downs. Steve Young had the, has the uh, highest record, 141.2 prior to that. So it's – you know, that's, that's pretty good. Just saying. That's, that's, you see, that's when, a money down. Hey, yeah. When you see them throwing money around right now, just realize they know that they got to pay him in a year too. So and remember. We're going to see that cash over cap and all that other mm-hmm. stuff happening. Just right. remember this. It's what the market says. So when people lose their mind that will. tool got all this money, mm-hmm. no, it's what the market dictated. Hey. Go get your money. He's winning. Go, and he's winning. That's the other part about it, too. Now you're right about that. Uh, and he's got, he's got receivers that will make, that'll, that'll make those stats look really, really good. You think they're waiting on Tom Brady? <laughs> he was at MF for that time. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly uh, who it is. All right, we'll come back, wrap it up, and put it in the oven live from Terry Black's Barbecue here in Lockhart. This is Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I... Have some of your tasty beverage to wash. Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. 
It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's five o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already five o'clock here. It's time for what's on tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's. That is... Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. I want to thank the fine folks here at Terry Black's Barbecue in Lockhart and thank Terry Black himself, yes, yes. Godfather, uh, for uh, all of his hospitality too. This place is fantastic. Please make it a priority to get out here to Terry Black's Barbecue uh, in Lockhart, the brand new location. Uh, I want to thank them. And tomorrow, remember, we're going to be out at Twin Peaks tomorrow, the Round Rock location. If you uh, missed us out here in Lockhart, you can come hang out with us tomorrow. At Twin Peaks. All right, what's on tap for you, Hodge? I'm gonna get on this road and I'm gonna go home and watch the rest of this uh, baseball game tonight. And I'm Ooh. gonna watch a little bit of that football because it's on Amazon Prime. You damn right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching Houston versus Philly. Tonight. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> versus Philly. There you go. That's a great. I'll be watching a lot of Houston versus Philly. Uh, so Patrick, you too, I imagine. Same yes, thing. sir. Yes, sir. Uh, and I'm getting barbecue. Wife is already giving me the brisket order, so I got to bring some brisket home, or I'm gonna be in trouble. There it uh, is. So I want to thank the fine folks out and all the fans who came out here Absolutely. To, uh, to, to kick it with us. We really appreciate you. Guys, best part of this show is meeting all the fans. And shout out to Terry Blacks once again, Terry Blacks Barbecue, uh, for making this a uh, memorable evening. Uh, remember, the revolution will not be televised. We talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. Uh, we love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.